Well, I was just looking and it looks like the last time you were on was episode number 292 of the Chillinois podcast, which is a throwback. Yes, um, yes we rebranded. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. And so uh, speaking of the rebranding, I'm going to read a quick blurb just so that people know where to find the video podcast and stuff, and then we'll launch right into our podcast. So folks, like I just said, this is the Cole Memo. I'm your host, Cole Preston. Every episode is released in audio, video, and transcript format. If you'd like to find the audio, video, or transcript of any episode, just go into the link of the description that you're listening to now. Rather, go into the description of the episode that you're listening to now, and you'll find a link. And that link will take you to our website, which will display the audio, video, or transcript version of the episode. If you're having trouble finding that link, just simply take note of this episode number and go to thecolememo.com. From there, you can use the new search functionality that I built into the website to just type in the episode number, and it should pop right up. And then from there, you can watch the video version. Before we get started, I just want to say that The Cole Memo is brought to you by listeners like you. So if you'd like to directly support this show, you can do that with a one-time monthly or yearly contribution of your choice at thecolememo.com slash support, or you can go to thecolememo.com slash Patreon, which only costs $3 a month. You get the episodes as they release. It's a great way to support our show, but the best way to support our show is free. Tell your friends about it. Share it. Leave a positive review. All that good stuff. Today is February 20th, 2024, and I'm sitting back down with Allison. Allison, remind the folks. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> remind uh, people who who you are, especially in case they missed you, the first episode. For sure. Um, yeah, some of you may remember me. I was a former uh, employee of Sunnyside Wrigleyville. I was amongst the other two, DJ and Ethan, that came on to kind of expose a lot of the uh, injustices, dare I say, that have been going on within our employment there. Um, I And I still keep up to date with them. It still seems like it's a lot of the same issues, it, and that really sends me to say, but I'm really not surprised. But I just heard that the sunny side over here in Williamsburg, kaput, done. So I am, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm hyped that they're kind of going down in flames. So I'm hoping, cause that's what I told my coworkers before I left to steal a line from, I think, Fight clubs. And like, I know Brad Pitt said it, uh, you're polishing the brass on the, uh, on the Titanic. Like, get out of here. Like, you, you guys deserve so much better than what we have been given and what they're continued to be given. Um, but the one good thing is the one like really horrible manager that I complained the most about on my last time there is gone. So hopefully, yeah. um, hopefully the vibe is a little bit better. I, I, I talked to you with a good handful of uh, my, my former coworkers. I miss them dearly. I miss you all dearly. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what's been going on since I since I was on yeah well thank you again for joining us then and thank you for joining me now you're in New York now right yes I moved in June so I um I originally started as I got a job as the assistant manager at the first dispensary to open up at the Bronx um as of November of this last year I am no longer with them and they like to say they fired me. I more so kind of did a quiet, quiet quitting type thing just because, and it's kind of funny because I, I thought for a second, like, oh, I'm going to be going to a startup. Um, it's, it's ostensibly a mom and pop shop, if you want to think of it that way, compared to where I was before. Um, and that's, that's the one great thing about New York is we were a little quicker, even though we're still in the infancy stages of our industry as well here. We adopted the less corporate um, view of dispensaries and favor, I should say, like favoring the corporate dispensaries. We still certainly have them. I, I sure. currently work for one that I won't mention, but um, we, I'm really liking the progress that we've made to that extent um, over here because I'm certainly seeing a lot more, especially in the past like three months, I'll say, I'm certainly seeing a lot more like privately owned dispensaries opening up in addition to, uh, I'm, it's been my favorite thing to brag about since I got here is the deli culture is phenomenal. Um, it, it's to a certain extent, black market stuff, um, but yeah, you 
I can walk around the corner, grab like a joint, a bagel and a coffee all in one stop. And it's, it's pretty magical. And it, I, and I can get a joint, I can get like a one gram joint for like $10. It's, it's pretty yeah. great out here. I gotta say that's been like my favorite thing to brag about to uh, my friends back home in Chicago. I was going to ask you about that. You know, I talked to both people in cannabis, but I've also talked to people that don't believe cannabis should be legal. And they use New York as an example as to as to a state that is messed up. And they say, look at New York. You can't even walk down the street without it reeking of weed. Um, And there's all these illegal pot shops. Again, this is coming from somebody who does not believe Mm -hmm. cannabis should be legal. Do they have a point there? Is it that bad? (laughs) um and of course i say say is it that bad we would say it's that good (laughs) right and and that's exactly where i'm at we're like yeah and and like i've only lived here you know in the past six months so i don't really know like what it was prior to my arrival here sure but i'd like to assume that it was like that regardless um regardless of what direction we're heading in that's kind of how it was like chicago was the same exact way i lived there for a good amount of time prior to its legalization and you could walk around it you could walk around anywhere and it's gonna smell like weed like we're you're not gonna keep us down like the prohibition like clearly hasn't worked but that's that's what i really like about the city that's like one of the greatest things and one of the worst things about new york is that just like we act as if rules don't apply to us for a lot Mm -hmm. of things and just like you certainly will see some cops like bust up some of these shops but like a lot of them are just like freewheeling like the one around the corner for me is literally called like zaza like it's and they are like very, very open and very like out, out and proud about like just being like this kind of like gray market weed shop, um, which yeah. I, I, like I said, I really like. And that ties into where I was at assistant managing this this new this spot in the Bronx. Is their mindset was very misguided. I'll say ownership and. Uh, I, I would say to a limb of that, my um, my general manager, they very much saw these kinds of shops as competition when they shouldn't have. And they were essentially putting, basing their business around that to the point where we were open till 11 p.m. It, um, we tried to um, chase a lot of, a lot of companies that were overhyped, I'll say, in order to compete with those, with those kind of, um, deli strains and things like that but the biggest thing was yeah we got to compete with this and this and this and the thing that i kept telling them over and over again is just we can't see them as competition because they don't operate on the same plane as we do like mm-hmm. they can sell to kids they can be as open as as long as they want um and to my point is especially in that neighborhood why if if i were a person living in the bronx why would I go to a, cause as of right now, as, as far as I know, there's that shop and then there's the medical only shop that's out there. I can't, I, I think it's Barrett life. I could be wrong, but I think that's the one that's out in the Bronx. If I were a cannabis user in the Bronx, why would I go to a quote unquote legal dispensary and give so much of my tax money that I'm already giving to the state with like, the state clearly does not give a fuck about me in right. my neighborhood in the state of where I live. So of course I'm going to go to the mom and pop shop that, and I'm going to give my money to them and that at least supports a small business and you're not giving it to the state that has shown like, yeah, no, we don't care about you. And we're going to, we're going to continue to keep you living in this dumpster essentially. Cause it's just, and I hate to say that because I love the Bronx. The Bronx is really awesome. I, I was there pretty much every day and I, I found a lot of good food joints like that. The Bronx is really awesome and definitely should like a lot of people around here are like, that's kind of like the one borough that they haven't been to. And there are people that have lived here for years that haven't been to the Bronx. And I've been here for six months and I've been to all five boroughs already. So it's just like, it's a lot of weird prejudices, uh, quite obviously prejudices. And like, it's in the equivalent is just like a lot of people from the North side that say they haven't been to the South side. Mm. It's very much like that kind of attitude. And um, it's, and I'm finding a lot of those kind of parallels and it, you know, it's pretty impossible not to compare the two now that like I've made like this big change. And I would say like Bushwick definitely compares to Logan square in both it's um, gentrification and overall, like the kind of vibe and the kind of stuff that we have around here. It certainly feels like I'm, I'm still kind of at home in Logan square, which is like both comforting, but also the gentrification aspect is not great. And I, I know what I look like and I know I'm, I'm part of the problem. 
but um it does it does feel nice to kind of like be in a place that feels familiar to me what are the i'm trying to think the the name is escaping me right now what are the like little corner deli shops called in new york um so the one around the corner for me is like literally called zaza they have like a neon sign that says zaza but a lot of them will just be like um just very generic names i mean like just the like, there's like i've heard of like just regular grocery stores what are they called in new york also they... that yeah just delis okay gotcha yeah 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 and you'll you'll find a lot of just like delis but then like you'll you'll get to the counter and you'll see like a guy smoking a joint and be like and that's the, like the the guy that i normally get my cigarettes from he's like hey i also sell joints and i unfortunately it was just like hey you're barking up the wrong tree it's like i'm uh i'm getting it left and right for free all the time yeah so what is it like well if you're getting it for free, I hope you're able to answer this question. What is it like mm -hmm. as a consumer? Because in Illinois, as you remember, it fucking sucked as a consumer. You're talking like $60 an eighth and upwards, mm -hmm. of course, with taxes. Um, and it, I will say that since you've left, I have seen prices start to compress as new operators come online. Like, for example, Good. I've seen ounces listed at like 140 bucks, which is just $40 more than Michigan. So, yeah. uh, you know, we're getting there, but obviously the, the choices still aren't there. Um, yeah, I just wanted to ask you, what is it like? Oh, bodega. That's the word I was looking yeah, for. Yeah. Bodega. Yes. Yes. Thank yes. You. Also, yeah. yes. Very um, much that. Uh -huh. what, what is it like as a consumer? Do you feel that it's more consumer friendly? Like, is it cheaper to buy weed, better weed too? Um, the tax is not as obnoxious as it is in Illinois, but you still have like, you know, baseline without tax $50 eights. And it's kind of funny that you bring up the Michigan thing because I, and especially talking to my coworkers that have, you know, grew up here, Pennsylvania is kind of our Michigan equivalent. Really? Yeah. Wow. Which I found really interesting, but yeah, that's what, I, that's what I noticed is that, um, yeah, one, one guy was, one of my coworkers was telling me he was going to uh, Pennsylvania to like pick up all this stuff. And yeah, it, in it from like comparing the prices, it definitely seems like, yeah, it's kind of like the Michigan equivalent to what y'all have back there. Yeah. Do you, uh, so do you shop though much at the, the kind of gray market delis or the, have you ever shopped at any bodegas or anything like that? Yeah, when I was when I was in between jobs and I was kind of going off of like the little savings that I had, that was an excellent way for me to save money and like literally right around the corner. Um, the the one dispensary that like I did go to that I didn't that I haven't worked at is this place called. Uh, oh God, I always want to say um, Public Works, but it's like oh God, it's not Union Square Travel Agency. It has like a very generic name. Um, Oh God, I'm blanking right now. Um, public uh, housing works. Housing works is what it's called. Um, they are in the, ooh. You're still there. Okay. Okay. The thing that I really liked about them, A, they are the first dispensary to open in New York period. They're based mm. in Manhattan. They're like right off of Broadway. Um, very, very dope area to walk around in as well. Um, it's like an A, awesome that they're, they're really involved with like community stuff. And um, they actually like, they walk the walk when it comes to that stuff. Like I know like Cresco certainly liked to do that when I was working at Sunnyside, pretending to care about like queer communities and pretending to care about like people that have been in prison for cannabis when it's really just kind of like a shallow tax write off. This definitely, they, they're really, really genuine. The staff there is really awesome. I, uh, I was telling them, you know, we were comparing our like state industries, um, doing a little tete-a-tete -tete and, and so far, like the quality of stuff, I would say pretty comparable to what you're getting in Illinois. Um, I would say maybe a little bit better. I did say when I first moved here, I'm just like, oh, the stuff is so much better. Like, well, it, but it, I was still pretty new to the market. But now that I've had like a good amount of experience with the stuff here, I'm just like, oh, it's it's pretty on par. Like the, sh the shine of it kind of wore off. I was like, oh, it's pretty on par with the stuff that I've gotten in Illinois. And the um, the dispensary that I work at now, we... You very much sell a lot of the GTI stuff, um, the um, the select stuff, like all that. So I'm pretty familiar with um, the stuff that we're selling now, which is nice. So I'm not just jumping into stuff I didn't know. And I'm not just like selling because now I, I work at a medical only dispensary. So I really have to know. I really right. have to be on my game because people are coming in to get their medicine. It's not just for fun anymore. So it, it and that's what I really, really like about the medical industry out here. It's. Illinois is very much a pay to play operation. And I'm sure you've 
you've noticed that when it comes to getting your medical card, like, especially when I got mine, like I just called a guy and said, you know, I get migraines and he's like, Oh, you have 200 bucks. Cool. Here's your weed here. It's like you have, you're going through a whole, uh, and luckily I got hooked up with a card through my employer now, but here you're meeting with the doctor. They're really getting to the root of what's going on with you. And they're giving you recommendations for how you should consume. And even when we're dispensing to our medical patients, we're putting like, a, we need a actual licensed pharmacist on the premises if we're going to be selling anything. And then people can do consultations with pharmacists if they, for lack of a better word, if they don't trust us <laughs> and they want, you know, that like hard end medical consultation, they can meet with our pharmacists. But, um, and even before we're dispensing it, we're putting on stickers that give instructions on like how to do everything. And it like definitely feels more, for lack of a better word, like a legit medical operation than how Illinois has been treating it. Yeah. The, the pharmacist on staff is, is super interesting. You know, what really caught my attention was the fact that you said you, you basically already know the products. So, you know, is, is it pretty much the same operators uh, in, in the state like GTI, Cresco, Cureleaf? Yeah. 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 Cresco, thankfully on their way out, but yeah, uh, Cureleaf, Verilife, all that good stuff. GTI, we, and actually we're just taking on like a big, big uh, shipment of GTI stuff, which is still like pretty new to the people around here. And, and I, I found that the GTI stuff that I've been getting here, like I've gotten a few rhythm aids of like animal face and head cracker and things like that. And I, kind of like it a little better than it's still the same process still indoor grown here and things like that but I something about it like I, I've like it's been a little strains have been a little more consistent and not even just like testing high because if you're in the know that doesn't really mean shit and a lot of people can just game that anyway but I found a lot of their stuff is like way more turp heavy and just a lot more consistent less dry than what I was getting in Illinois so it kind of seems like the growers here too are taking a little more care and how they're doing stuff. It's not just like a big rush to get everything on a shelf and just like get it in selling it to someone. Hmm. That's interesting to hear. That's interesting to hear. And you said though, that the prices are pretty well uh, on par, at least legally, maybe yeah. they're cheaper when you go with a, like a, you know, gray market option. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, yeah. If you are just, if you're a red customer here it, you're, you're honestly better off just going to like a deli and they'll, and they'll have like, and most of them have like a little menu with like all the things they have, like multiple strains, like their, their offerings are pretty, pretty solid for, for what their operations are. They'll, you can walk in and they'll have like four different strains listed there and they'll have like their little, I try to stay away from like, and I try to tell other people let's stay away from like the gummies and the vapes just cause you don't know what's going in that, at least with like the weed. I don't know. It Maybe that's just what I've been grown and conditioned in my mind, which is like, oh, it's just weed. That's what I've been getting from random people all the time. That's probably fine. But yeah, vapes and gummies from like a gray market kind of skeeved me out a little bit, especially with like the gummies and stuff like that, just with the dosages, because I'm sure you've heard horror stories, maybe even been a part of a horror story where like, yeah, you, you're given something and you're told it's this much and then you eat it and it's definitely not what it was as advertised. So I do try to go um, more legit on those kind of things. So then I feel better about just like how I'm dosing myself and what I'm putting into my body. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I just looked up a random uh, rise in the, uh, in Manhattan and I'm just showing mm -hmm. this for our listeners. Like you said, the prices really are just about on target with Illinois still. So this is medical mind you folks. Mm -hmm. Uh, $60 a gram for concentrate. It's looking like, uh, you know, $50 an eighth for flour, uh, $70 or $80 for seven grams. Um, you know, you can get some pre-rolls, a five pack, which is 0.35. So some shorties for 30 bucks. Looks like cartridges will... are about on par with Illinois. Go ahead. Yeah. I will say to my dispensaries, uh, benefit are, our sales and our loyalty program is so good that like you would be hard pressed to pay full price for anything during like any time that you shop there. Like our, our loyalty program is really, really excellent compared to the other ones that I've seen. So you'd be really hard pressed to pay for something full price if you're coming to our dispo, just cause we both the sales and the loyalty program are just like choice. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, um, 
want to get back to this, but it's just interesting. I want to play this for our audience, just another perspective. This is actually, it was interesting. I didn't expect to have this conversation. It was during uh, our legal sex uh, series. So folks, if you missed that, you can go to the colememo.com slash sex. Fantastic I, series. Thank you. Amazing. Amazing series. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, I... I interviewed an amazing podcaster. Her name is Caitlin Bailey. And again, I was planning to talk, you know, sex with her, not necessarily cannabis, but she's also from New York. And she had this to say about New York. This is an interesting clip. But I got my medical marijuana card so that I could shop at one of the licensed uh, retailers that's here in New York. And in order to do that, I have to pass like six unlicensed places that you know, probably have fine stuff and seem to be doing a right. good job. I just I wanted something in particular and sort of went to do that and was um not surprised but disheartened to hear the establishment kind of talking about the unlicensed places. And and I totally get it, right? Because they went through all of the hoops and like their customers have to get cards and it's a whole rigmarole and it feels like they're fighting uphill because they have to do it this way. Well, you know, in the meantime, my corner store is just like sativa or indica right and so i get it but it it really does pit the sort of like criminalized element of the industry against the legalized and regulated one and it distracts us from our common enemy which is the um people that would ever arrest us for doing any of this because it's never been a never been a problem to finish her sentence uh she was obviously making the double entendre point that legal sex work and and you know legalized cannabis has never um, but yeah, it was just an amazing kind of tangential example. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And, and she was really on the money with that. And especially in hearing from, cause I, when I came on to, um, and I'll just say the name status, it ter terrible company. First and foremost, they, they want to say, and this is the place I was working at in the Bronx. They say that they are female owned. What they really are, that's just decoration. They really just slapped one of their wives' names onto the lease, ah. essentially. Mm -hmm. So then they could yeah. say that. I've never talked to her. I when the play the day the place opened, I saw her for like two minutes. Um, she never said hi to me, never had a conversation with her. And I was the assistant manager of her store. And she and, and like going on from there, like she had little to zero involvement. And as far as what I've saw, and I, I was pretty high up on the ladder, so I feel like I would have known if she was actually doing anything, but it really seemed like this was yeah. this was the man, the man operation, and that very much tied into why I left. And um they and it was really funny because I I think when we last spoke, I was like really excited to go to a smaller place and it seems like they were gonna care about me more. I was nearly assaulted, like not 10 feet away from the dispensary like leaving that place and when i told them that and asked and i wasn't all i was asking for was an earlier shift because i was the main closing manager all i asked for was a was an earlier shift not even that drastic from where i was i asked to be 11 to 7 which is not it didn't seem like i was asking for a whole lot what they did when i when i asked for that is dug their heel dug their dug their heels in more about that about oh our leads aren't ready to close by themselves they very much were they he, these people were not very current on the on what was happening in our store and that was another frustration that i had with them where i was voicing all these frustrations were like we we were actually able to accept credit cards for a short amount of time but the rub with that was you essentially have to give over like your information as like quote unquote collateral so it, and I kept making the joke, it feels like you're putting a mortgage down for a house when really you're getting an eight. So you have to put down, you know, your address, your phone number, like your name and all this stuff that like, and it's very prevalent in Illinois. People don't even like showing their IDs to get in the building. Yeah. So what makes you think that they're going to want to like log a system full of their information just so they can pick up some weed? And to our point that we were talking earlier, when they can just go around the corner and say like, hey, I want this and it's done. But, why I think I, they're doing that? I'm going to guess. Uh, so I had a experience in Illinois where they were accepting credit cards at a state. You're saying they accept like legit credit cards? Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. I've heard of that before. And 
people can Google this. Um, the company name was Lynx, L-Y-N-X. I don't know what you're doing and I don't, you don't have to say it, especially. It was it pretty parallel to that because we were bouncing around um, with between that one and then the one that we ended up going with that also PS crapped out on us like two months into using it. But uh, we had to get rid of it. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing you didn't go with links because just briefly, my story is that uh, I put it, I was using it, a dispensary, you know, uh, fuck it. I'll just say it. The sunny side near me was doing links and um, I was using the card and, but I was being very responsible about it because I was like, I don't want to like put too much on my credit card, you know? But I was like, to a certain point, it was like two weeks and the, the charges still hadn't come up yet. So I was like, fuck, I, I really don't want to buy more, but I kind of do because now I can use my credit card, but I don't want all these charges to hit at once. And they never got taken out. One of my friends bought over like $2,000 worth of product and never ever got charged. They ultimately took wow. the links away. And if you Google links now, I believe they're being sued by many cannabis companies because they never like actually transacted the money. So you, whatever that business is, they should be thankful they didn't do that. Cause yeah. And this is why we don't have them because it's not insured. Uh -huh, like, no. Hey, it's not federally legal, you right. know, to sell like Delta nine weed, but yeah. like, yeah, it's not insured. There's no safety net. So there's mm -hmm. like, why would a business, especially like, put their money into something so, in the hands of someone with no safety net? Right. Now, that makes sense, though, why they're collecting that information, because it's almost like they have a tab on you. And they're like, if their money goes exactly. through, they're good. But if it doesn't, I want to be able to call them. Yeah. And that was the reasoning why, like, when I asked my GM, I'm just like, why are we just going so hard on this? Like, customers don't like it. It's a lengthy process. It just... We made so few transactions that way. A lot of people were just paying with cash. So yeah. we were just in, and especially in the neighborhood we were in, I mean, people would come in and get a zip every once in a while, but it's mostly people coming in and just like, oh yeah, I just want a joint mm -hmm. or just like, oh, I just want like, you know, I just want a gram. And that's always what we sold out of first is because they weren't reading the room and we're just like trying to push all these concentrates and just like all this, like, and that's what they started out first. They were just like, Oh yeah, we are, we're going to be like a bougie kind of, kind of cannabis place, like upscale, blah, blah, blah. And that's why and these uniforms too, you don't need to live in the Bronx to know what the vibe of the Bronx is. What they, what these owners had my employees wearing, they're wearing white button up t-shirts or white button up shirts, collared shirts, with a black apron and black pants. They look like they work in a meat market. And like, they, I've heard customers clown on them. They make fun of them for the things that they have to wear. Yeah, I'd wear a sport jacket and like, yeah, a button up. It was, it was very, very silly. I felt like such a clown the entire time. And they, yeah, they just had this veneer of just, yeah, we're gonna be upscale and like all this stuff. And then they tried to put that into their inventory and we're realizing, oh, people aren't buying it because that's not, that's not the vibe of this neighborhood. And they eventually started giving these, not, I hate to say cheaper, but, you know, more affordable vendors a chance. And once you know it, those are flying off the shelves. So it's just like so many, like butting heads over so many little things like that, that like seem like common sense, but just like. This was their first business that they were all in on together. So they were very much like our way or the highway. And it just like, mm -hmm. and, and it's not going any better from them. Cause when I was leaving and this was the, the absolute funniest thing, they hired me because they were going to move. Uh, they were going to be a, right next to Yankee stadium. And if you recall, I worked at the sunny side that was right by Wrigleyville. Yeah. Literally mm -hmm. during my interview, I pointed the camera to Wrigleyville and I was just like, you want to know why I'm qualified? Here you go. Like, mm -hmm. I, I know the exact vibe of what, yeah, um, what the business is going to be. So when I got actually, when I got the offer, they told me, okay, so we're going to be at this temp location for right now. We plan on opening um, July 6th. We plan on being um, at the Yankee stadium place by the fall. Like, I think they told me September. I was just like, okay, sweet. So we right now and where we started and where they are still right now is off of Tremont Avenue, which is even to residents in the Bronx, not a great place in the Bronx to be. Um, and when I was leaving there, we they were like very much being evicted 
from the guy that they're renting the building from because they very much overstayed their welcome. And they, and they, every time we kept asking, cause of course my employees were asking me like, when are we moving? And I would pass along to them and they would have no answer for me. And they still don't have an answer. They're still there. And I don't think it's ever going to happen. And I think at this point now they've just like mismanaged so many things and they're just hemorrhaging so much money that I, I don't think the business is going to survive past this year. Yeah. What do you, what's your sense on the ground? Like, do you, I mean, I don't know if you remember, but it seems like a lot of people in Illinois are upset and angry with the selection and prices. And frankly, most of them choose to go as we might say, legacy, the legacy route. They like find a nice little professional unlicensed dealer in the city and, you know, that does delivery and all this stuff and even has menus online. You know, it's sometimes I've seen, um, what's your sense in New York? Do you think that more people are shopping legally or uh, in the kind of gray zone? Oh, you can take one, even just going up and down my street right now, there are so many stickers with QR codes for mm. exactly what you're talking about. So that that's your answer right there. People, I think like, I would say the older crowd is more hyped about the more like, oh, you're going into a bright, shiny little Apple store to get your weed. But the people like, you know, our generation and younger are still like very much down for, you know, these gray operations and go and not going through these like mom and pop or these like actual stores. Yeah. Yeah. Because oftentimes when you go into those small stores, I bet you the vibe is better, like music's playing the weeds on display which we can get to the point actually we that we got together on you know there's there's an upside and a downside to that but really quick though you know the vibe is just probably better at some of those dispensaries because they don't have to comply with the within the strictures of the law which feel very like I don't know. It makes the place feel like a DMV almost. I know. I know some people in Illinois. Mess, you know, some people, I have, I've been to some dispensaries where it's like, okay, this feels more like what I think of when I think of a dispensary, but still. Um, and it's very much the vibe of these corporate dispensaries. And like the DM, we're like, we're here to get you in and get you out. Right. Like, this is not a place for you to hang out. And that, and that's what, like, even like going to this place around the corner when I, like, even the first time I bought an eighth from them, they're just like, oh, they, they opened it for me. And I was just like, my heart, I was just like, because oh, I'm not used to that. And they're just like, yeah. yeah, you can smell it if you want. I was like, oh, shit, okay. Like, and then he let me, like, smell all the stuff. And it, it even though it was like a quote unquote great market thing, it felt more like what the experience should be. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things you had said that I referenced a bit ago, uh, which I actually agree with you on, is there is a factor especially I think it's set in for a lot of people post COVID where there's these videos of people like in Colorado with their like heads in the jar. And you're like, wait a minute, I don't want to smoke that. Um, yeah. So that's the one side of, I, I think that falls on the operator. They got to be like, nut. here's the show jar, you know, like mm -hmm. where you can put your fucking face in it, but here's the, like the bucket for the people, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. Um, and and that's the thing it's just like yeah i i and i've been to some like dispensaries in denver and in portland where yeah they do have the jars and i guess it does skeeve me out a little bit because yeah. yeah that's all i see is just like those people and like all their hairs and like all their yeah. various bodily things falling in there and it's just like yeah no i don't i don't want to i don't want to smoke uh -huh. i don't want to put that anywhere near my lips <laughs> No, I mean, I've even witnessed in Colorado, for example, like, you know, somebody puts a jar up to somebody's face and they like gr go to grab a nug just like you would maybe at a home and they like put it up to their nose and like, whoa, 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 we didn't say you could pick the nug. And the person's like, oh, and they like put the, the nug back in the jar and it's like and they kind of look around like, did anybody see that? And yes, I saw that. Um, yeah, but you know what I mean? That probably happens. <laughs> that probably happens multiple times a day. You know what I mean? If you're doing. Yeah, that. absolutely. So you got to be even careful even in my medical dispo like i i still have to tell my customers like no you can't open this in the store like you gotta take mm -hmm. it outside yeah like i say though i really do think that it's a critical part of the purchasing process but they need to operators need to be better about it it's just, this is the way i look at it let's talk about a real deli like i live near yeah. a real deli and when you want to try the cheese or meat like they give you a slice off of the cheese or meat that you're looking at 
but afterwards like i watched the dude he like sanitizes the blade that he cut it with like you know there's like protocols to make sure that like there's no cross contamination but you also can still get an idea for what you're purchasing which is just i think that's like the best thing about purchasing produce um although i've been told so let me finish the thought and i'll get to that uh produce and like meat and cheese you can like smell and at times taste it although i've been told that uh because i always say that i whenever i purchase grapes like i feel the grapes or like Mm -hmm. even strawberries like i'll look at them and like feel them to make sure they're not like mushy you know like old Mm -hmm. and sometimes only in the case of grapes i'll like pop a grape in my mouth and be like yeah those are fucking dank I was told by a friend, a close friend, they insisted to me that that is shoplifting. So apparently I'm a criminal, um, <laughs> but I I view it as like a, a critical part of the purchasing process for some products. Like, let me smell it. Let me feel it. Let me sample it. You know? And see, the first thing on my mind while you were saying that, I'm just like, how many people have touched that grape before you put it in your mouth? Oh, and absolutely. Like, that's the thing with produce. Uh, totally. You can call you. And like, I think I was saying before yeah. in our conversation, you can take your veggies home. You can wash them. Bingo. You can't, you can't throw weed in the sink. Like we, we there's no real like sanitation right. process. So it's just like, yeah, like once you open it, like that's it. And that's what I was wrapping around to. It's like, you know, I'll try that grape knowing that I'm like eating like basically cross contaminated grape, but getting a Nasty. feel for the grape. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a dog. I got that dog in me, but anyways, uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, <laughs> like I take it home and then wash it. But to your point, and that's what I was going to wrap around with. Unfortunately with cannabis, that is not an option from what I understand. So like, unless you want to buy a little microwave, like the, the, the cultivators in Illinois and other States do, but I'm just joking. That was just a radiation <laughs> joke. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Like, there's no way to your point yep. that you brought up, like there is no way to clean this like you would with produce, you know, that you purchase, for example. So exactly. And like, and that's why, like, I, I hope that like people don't misconstrue me when I, when I say I'm in favor of like a lot of that prepackaged stuff, just cause like I came up in culinary. I, I've had, you know, I've had the surf safe certification since I was like 16 years old. Like that stuff is very much like important to me and always on my mind and why I've never taken a cruise in my entire life because mm-hmm. they just seem like floating Petri dishes to me. It's just, I am very conscious yeah. of that stuff all the time. And it just, yeah. And that doesn't stop with my cannabis. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Um mm-hmm. It's interesting. I'll be talking to a cannabis testing lab here in the future, uh, hopefully a few. And um, I'm curious, since you are like conscientious about that, do you think that like remediated cannabis should be legal? Like, do you have any concerns about con- consuming remediated cannabis? Um, and I guess I'm not too familiar with the process on that. I don't, I'm not super, I'm not super really familiar either. with that. Like I, I'm only vaguely um, familiar with some techniques, but, and I personally am not concerned, uh, but I know some people that are, you know, mm-hmm. um, so like, cause there are different forms. I, I'll tell you like my surface level knowledge. So there's like mm-hmm. <clears throat> irradiation which everybody likes to talk about. It sounds super scary. It's like the idea that I referenced earlier of like kind of microwaving the product. If people want to Google it, the, I mean, this is, you know, legit stuff. There's a company devoted to it. I think it's called rad X. So that's an example of a company. Sounds like like something in fallout four. Right. Doesn't it sound like like a a termination (laughs) thing or something? In a a post Oppenheimer world. Very scary. Right. And then there's, um, you know, there's other forms like ozone remediation, which some companies are calling kill steps now. We've actually interviewed one company that that particularly calls it a kill step versus remediation because they are you do it before you even send it to testing. So it's a kill step. You're not remediating because you're doing it beforehand. Um, so you put it in this barrel. We actually I actually visited their fact they're like headquarters in Colorado. When I went one time, they invited me and it's like this big ass barrel that you dump your weed into when you harvest it. And it just like blasts it with ozone gas. And it apparently sanitizes the product and makes it so that you are guaranteed to pass testing. That's why they call it kill steps. 
Um, apparently, so the the expert that came on, and that's what I'll, what I'll reference for listeners and even to you if you want to see more. Her name is Carly. Her name was from, or she was from Willow. So that's the company that does the ozone remediation. I've done a few episodes with Willow. So check out those if you want to learn more. But they also talk about other forms, which we didn't get too deep into. So I'm just going to mention them so that people can you know do their own research. Apparently, some companies dip their weed into hydrogen peroxide, which I'm like, wow, how does that even? Um, that skews me out. And there are, there are even forms as simple as just washing. Um, like if you have bugs in the cannabis like sometimes people will literally just run it through water because if you think about it i mean it grows outdoors so like mm-hmm. uh i will say though cannabis is very sticky so it's sometimes that doesn't always get all the bugs out uh, but anyways that's what i know mm-hmm. about remediation um not much but you know just enough so that maybe you all can if you want to learn more that's how you google no, it. that's that's interesting yeah i that's something i definitely would delve deeper into and like to that point with like microwaving it brought back to a point that I was thinking of in like the cosmetics industry I follow this account that kind of like rehabs like broken cosmetics and in order to sanitize it they stick it into like basically this little microwave thing and like basically kills all the germs yeah so it seems like yeah it seems like kind of the same process but yeah using like the word like irradiated probably like scares people a little bit yeah, and I should be clear. Yeah, it's it sounds like it's commonly used with like a lot of different foods. Um, in Canada, they do require, I believe, like there to be a radura symbol on onions, potatoes, wheat flour, whole wheat flour, or ground spices. Or no, those are the ones that are approved for irradiation and sale. Um, so that will happen, I'm sure, in the United States as well. I've heard. Um, but then there's also the idea that there is um ionizing radiation which can be used to treat fresh and frozen raw ground beef um so you know i I say that all to say that it's not exclusive to the cannabis industry folks Mm -hmm. look into it it you know there are many different foods that are remediated and it's the idea it's it's so that oftentimes it can keep a shelf shelf life you know um and it's the same exact idea in fact with cannabis because if you harvest cannabis, and we've even talked to licensed operators, uh, New Era, I'll just say that because they were one that that talked about it. I think that was this was on the Chillinois podcast. They they spoke about the fact that Illinois testing standards are so strict that yeah, they have to like over dry the product just okay. so that it yeah it doesn't become moldy sitting in the jar. So um, unless you're Verano, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I say that right. with a Verano beanie on. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So, yeah, um, I don't know. I just it's interesting how like cannabis, it's almost like, yeah, imagine trying to take lettuce, like a, a, le- a wet leafy substance and putting it into a jar and hoping that it can sit on the shelf for like more than a month or something. And it's like, well, it's not going to happen. Well, what you were saying earlier, like um, the first list of foods that you named were all like typically dried products. Right. So it like makes yep. the same like cannabis itself is also a dried product. So that that like connected it in my brain. So like it makes more mm-hmm. sense now to me. Like, okay, that's what you do, like dried product. Yeah. Peanuts, I believe, are a big one. Mm-hmm. Like I think like all peanuts just like to make sure that they don't come. So, anyways, folks, definitely research this because I want to reiterate that I just have surface level knowledge. And I want to be clear that I am not by any means saying and I've talked to a, a little of people that actually know about radiation itself. They tell me that like, it's not, it's not like it's radioactive weed. It's not like you're going to smoke it and glow green or something like it's again, because it's used in different food practices and stuff. Uh, some make the argument that it's negligible and some make the argument that they don't really care if it's negligible. They don't, want to subject themselves to it again i don't really view it as a big deal because i'm like i'm probably consuming so many remediated goods on a day-to-day basis i don't even know right, i say this as i like drink like gallons of red bull on the daily and like uh-huh. and i wouldn't mind like smoking something that would make me glow green i'm thinking of like mr burns and that one x-files <laughs> episode of the simpsons yeah. like that doesn't sound too bad yeah that would be pretty cool honestly for halloween or something <laughs> be super exactly <laughs> exactly so anyways, well, what else what else is going on in New York? I mean, I, I did just see that um, 
it was a really funny tweet. I saw like the New York regulatory body. I don't know the exact name. They tweeted out that like proposed rules for dispensaries were released and the proposed rules for home grow were released. And somebody replied and said, uh, fuck you. I'll do what I want. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, yeah. And that ties in like in, and I, and I know I've only been, I've been here less than a year, but I still say we, it's just like, yeah. And that's just the way anyone operates with any, anything. Uh-huh. We are very much like a, individualized type of person where it's just like yeah no like well rules kind of like don't really apply and it doesn't really matter what it is whether it's paying for the subway or yeah selling weed like it doesn't really i always like to say you're writing rules for people that never followed the rules in the first place exactly they're they're yeah they're a veneer of our society that we have over here in i've been saying to everyone like new york is literally just in an asylum that we've all collectively checked ourselves into and that we have like a little bit of like dare i say stockholm syndrome with because like just like i i've been coming here over my life scattered over the years but yeah i i love it here i I plan on dying here it's I only I only disown Chicago unless I see uh, advertising for the bear. That's when like my inner Chicago. Yeah. But yeah, I I love it here. And that's like, like I said, with like the deli bodega culture, that's like, and I don't see why Chicago won't do it. Well, and I know why it's because it's Illinois and they're very much. And that's what I love most about New York is you're hard pressed to find chains out here, like whether it's fast food or whatever. It's everything is so mom and pop based and very small business. And that's, I love that the most about this city. It's just like, yeah, of course you'll find your chains. But yeah, Chicago is just very much a capital C corporate city. And you're just so hard pressed to find like the bits here that like make it super charming and just like more for the people. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to go to New York sometime. I love uh, visit. Yeah, absolutely. Off to see there's if I like can... this cool and i've been meaning to go there's like this place called thd it's called the house of cannabis and it's essentially and i believe it's in manhattan it's basically just like this big like weed museum about the um the history and pop and like the pop culture of it and i think there's a consumption lounge i could be wrong but it seems super dope and i've been meaning to go but just like that seems like a like a friend activity and i know maybe like five people out here so i've been trying to get every bring everyone from chicago out here i'm just like please come visit yeah when i come out i'll definitely holler at you and maybe we can also do something like this i'll play this clip um the meeting is until three but i always like to come to new york a little bit early and hit some of my favorite haunts like right here my favorite new york pizza joint tomorrow i'm gonna go get me a new york slice Hell yeah, baby. <laughs> Sorry. No, but uh, we, I honestly I haven't I almost went to Sparrows as a joke, but then I, I felt like I would immediately be like ejected like like a like the end of the curse. Yeah, it's like a trap. Out of New York. Yeah. It's a exactly. trap to get oh, idiots man. out of New York. Yeah. Brook Brooklyn dollar slices for life. Especially when I lost my job, like I was surviving like solely on like my dollar slices from from around the corner for a long time and just like really cheap bagels, all 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 the cliches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll have the to gray, the gray water hot dogs in Manhattan. Beautiful. You'll have to give me the lowdown on things like that because that's like that would be one of the main reasons I'm coming to New York is just to eat like a fucking New Yorker. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll we'll get an eight dollar Manhattan dog with just ketchup on it be great just catch up on it see I, I offended i offended many many a friend back home i posted a picture i'm just like this is better than any hot dog in Chicago. i guess i'm a new yorker at heart because i actually prefer so i didn't know this is how ignorant i am a few years ago i went to new orleans and usually i just eat seafood in new orleans but somebody wanted to go to this hot dog joint and i was like all right i've never really like i always just like made like hot dogs or brats at home you know what i mean i've never really gone out and got a hot dog so i didn't really know what to expect out of the experience i'm like how do i just get like a hot dog that i make at home so i just like i don't know i was high and you know how it is when everybody has their order ready and you still haven't found one so i was just like fuck it give me a chicago style hot dog you know and so they bring over this hot dog and it just has mustard on it and i'm just like whoa yeah i didn't think i couldn't it was really tough for me i didn't and I know that's going to offend Chicagoans because apparently in Chicago, that is the way to have a, a hot dog. But I prefer yeah, the I'm not the a mustard yeah. guy. I hate, I hate mustard. Yeah. 
I'm okay with mustard with ketchup, but mustard alone, just to me, it's like, this is the face I make when I see it. I'm just like, I've, I've eaten a hot dog with just ketchup on it in Wrigley Fields. I don't care. And I told everyone they give me a dirty look to grow up. Yeah, that's awesome. And same with the pizza, like thin crust pizza for life. And even like, and this has become like pretty wide known thing. Like Chicago people aren't that crazy about deep dish. It's kind of just like a tourist thing. We're all about like the tavern style. And that's why I was telling people here. I'm just like, yeah, no, we're kind of more on par with New York about how we are with our pizza. It's just a different shape. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. Yeah, it is interesting how for granted I take pizza in the Midwest because we recently went to Nevada for that sex series and we, we mm. like visited a brothel and everything. And one night I like really wanted pizza. Like, and, you know, like in Illinois, like I can just always be like, like search up pizza and there's like six different places nearby, you know. But in fucking Nevada, dude, there was two places and they were both like three hours away. Yeah, West Coast, you're hard-pressed to find ratings. pizza. Yeah. 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 Like, oh, yeah, I went to Denver and could, like, I went to so many different pizza places, only found one that was, like, okay, you know? Okay, but in Denver, going back to hot dogs, they have a place, there's a place in Denver called, I think it's called Rattlesnake Dance, at a rattlesnake and rabbit hot dog there. Phenomenal. That Stone to the bone. Crazy. It was so good and they have all different kinds of they have like yeah like venison hot dogs and stuff like that it went there years ago but yeah i'm pretty sure it's called rattlesnake dance anyone's ever going to denver like check that place out it's dope as hell they're like a late night kind of joint and really really awesome spot yeah yeah damn i have to now i have to find it's redeemer pizza that's the place i went to and uh and and i i was like this name is very apropos because <laughs> that's what it's like I went to so many different pizza places in Denver and they were horrible. And then Redeemer was the Redeemer. Um, a little bit hard on parking, but if you make sure to get there, like you can get a drink, you can sit down. They've got slices. I recommend getting a full pizza though. Uh, the full pizza was the move and uh, it's delicious. So. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, cool. Um, any other thoughts, uh, things that we didn't talk about with regard to New York or any anything else you wanted to say while, while we were on air? No, I think we pretty much nailed everything. Sweet. Yeah, covered all bases. Um, nice well, hell yeah. Uh, Not too bad for two, for two people that have already probably been spoken all day. <laughs> yeah, well, and had literally, we li all we literally messaged each other was just like, we're like a few messages about deli style. You want to do a podcast and then, yeah. Yeah. It's just like, hell yeah. Always down. Always down to talk to you, buddy. Yeah. So anyways, well, uh, I'll definitely reach out in the future, but if, if anything comes up between now and then you, you got my, uh, message, you can message me. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, folks, I hope you found as much value in this conversation as I did. Maybe it'll give you a better, uh, idea of what to expect if you go to the Big Apple, the Concrete Jungle Wet Dream Tomato, as I say. Um, <laughs> Nothing you can't do. Yes, yes. So, folks, uh, take care. And once again, I hope you have found uh, value in this episode. We'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.